This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 622. It's a brand new year. It's uh, 2023. I want to thank everybody who's using that code New Year's over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. Getting some t-shirts, some merchandise. We, we very much so appreciate it. It goes to... January 9th, so take advantage of that. Check us out on MarkingOut.com, Spotify Podcasts, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram, at MarkingOut11, that's the same as YouTube, uh, BTTG161 on both, Chris Sweendog on Twitter, CMSweeney85 on Instagram, David, David PTDPT on both as well. Uh, am I missing anything? I, I don't think, think you I'm... got it. TikTok us at Marking Out. But uh, as I said, I it is a new year. I'm joined for I guess a short while with Dave. Dave, how you doing? Oh, brother, brother. So, just about a <laughs> half hour ago, not even, David decided to go test positive for uh, that little thing going around called COVID. So. Please excuse me uh, in my uh, my speaking skills today, which usually isn't that great anyway. So <laughs> how was how was the rest of 2022? It was good. It was good. I ended up watching Miley Cyrus bring it in. Uh, she is so talented. Yeah, and she I feel like so people talented. don't give her credit. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, I think that she's very talented. I don't think she gets the credit. Uh, maybe because of all the um, tabloids about her, like it, um, her talent gets overshadowed by all of that stuff. But I th- I was very entertained by it. How about yeah. you? How was your New Year's? It was uh, it was good. I had a I got a hero from the place that I've spoken about that has like the best potato salad or used to have the best potato salad, but mm-hmm. the potato salad Mac salad now uh, suck, and it's very unfortunate right. because. They they changed owners, and the potato salad tasted like the old potato salad, but like it was like missing ingredients. So I was able to look past that because it was still like holding on to a piece of it. Mm-hmm. But now it's just it was just not good at all, and that was it was so disappointing. The hero sucked. I don't think I'm going to be going back to that place. But New Year's feels like forever ago. And it wasn't even a week yet, but like I went to Cheesecake Factory on New Year's Day, had uh, more chicken and waffle because it's just fantastic. It was the first thing I ate for 2023. And I think it was probably the best since I've got it the first time since it's or that it's been, I should say. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. And then I made a Mexican style meatloaf with black beans, corn and salsa. And it was good. I don't know if I'll make it again, but it was definitely good. Good job. Yeah. You know, we ended up going to My Hero. You don't get better than My Hero. I love My Hero. 
and got a whole hero or no? Uh, yeah, what did we get? I forgot what it was. Also, mine was American. Yeah. Just, just the... roast beef and turkey. And I, I don't think I said I'm doing awesome as always. There you go. Not there to go. overshadow you being sick with COVID. I hope the, uh, the the two weeks or whatever, it doesn't knock you out like it does me. Yeah, thanks. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. You know, that would be uh, not fun. Not fun. Nah. But, yeah. So, let's get into it. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Uh, actually, before we talk about Monday Night Raw... Uh, there was a live event over this past weekend, and AJ Styles unfortunately broke his ankle. Uh, sucks. Yeah, big time. I was expecting you know? him to fly to Japan with the machine gun Carl Anderson, but that did not happen. Yeah. Very yeah. unfortunate. But yeah, Monday Night sucks. Raw opened up with the bloodline. They literally broke away from the opening video. To show them beating up like security guards and tearing apart the ringside area. Kevin Owens came out and Sammy's like, don't, don't say a word to me. They're pissed off or whatever. It's a hostile takeover. And uh, Sammy blamed Kevin Owens and said, it's literally because of you. So Kevin goes to go to the ring and Adam Pierce runs out, stops him. And he wants the bloodline gone. Solo ends up taking out more security. And Kevin Owens Solo's just... a beast. Yeah, but Kevin Owens went in there and just got torn apart. So maybe that was a mistake that he shouldn't have done. Yeah. And yeah. Not and good, the, not good. The locker room emptied out and got them away. And then Adam Pierce put all of them in matches later on. Yeah. But I thought also, it was a really solid opener. Yeah, and then Elias demanded a match with Solo later on, and Adam Pierce agreed that uh, he'll get a, a Music City street fight. And then he made that Sammy Zayn and the Usos versus Street Profits and Kevin Owens. Yeah, I thought that this was a great decision, great way to start off the year, you know? Uh, it was definitely something. First match of yeah. the evening saw Bianca Belair and uh, Alexa Bliss go to a disqualification. So Bianca Belair retained the women's championship. Alexa Bliss was uh, a bit more heelish than normal in this. Prior, yeah, the- prior to whatever happened, I think it was a well worked match. But yeah, then then everything just shifted over, you know. Yeah, towards the end of the the match, we saw multiple people. In Uncle Howdy masks, and then the logo flashed on the screen, and it set Alexa Bliss off, and she ended up attacking Ref Bennett. Gotta appreciate the security guards trying to stop some of those people with the masks. Yeah, yeah, but they were just standing there. They didn't hop the barricade or anything. No, no, no. You didn't see that. One of the security guards was telling one of the guys that he was oh, getting to too sit close. Down. Oh yeah. But yeah, but then she, I guess she, she was just like I'm part of it. Yeah, she continued the beat down and. Uh, left Bianca Belair bloodied. She had a busted open lip, I think it was. She showed pictures off on, on Twitter. It was brutal. Yeah. Alexa Bliss had, uh, bu- I think her, her nose was busted open during this. And then Byron tried to interview Alexa Bliss later on, and she said that she didn't lose control. She gained it. And now Bianca Belair knows that the championship belongs to her. Yeah, it should be very... uh 
entertainment, uh, entertaining. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place over here. Um, <laughs> next up, you had Solo Sokoa pick up the victory over Elias in the Music City Street Fight. Um, Solo Sokoa, I, I was a fan of this just because it was a chance to see Solo Sokoa just go crazy at times. But, so he cuts off Elias before Elias can perform. I, I don't like how long it took for them to use weapons. Solo is always yeah. trying to use chairs, and he took forever to, to, to use a weapon here. Yeah. And I don't think this match matched the energy of the show open. But... I don't know. We had Hardy sitting ringside, and he ends up giving a guitar to Elias to use. Hardy, by the way, is a country music... Singer, we've seen him on WWE television before for uh, Tribute to the Troops. They announced he's going to be performing at the Raw Rumble, which I, I feel like is not really necessary to have a musical performance during the Rumble. I wasn't too familiar with him. Yeah, we, we have seen him before. But Elias, uh, he ends up... Um, did the guitar break? Did Elias miss the, the guitar shot that he had given him? The guitar shot? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think it broke. Did he he used it on solo? Oh, Hardy used it on solo. Yeah, Hardy Hardy used it on solo and it shattered across his back. Right, and it had no effect on him. No, yeah, he he was totally fine. And then solo hit that spinning solo. I think they call it off the the apron onto the piano to win. Yeah, yeah, I like how they that it broke too. Yeah. You know, I I like that he like landed on it, but then the legs collapsed underneath each other. Yeah. You know, uh, next up you had the Usos and Sammy pick up the victory over the Street Profits and Kevin Owens. Um, this match I thought was a good match. They didn't even wait for the match to start. They just all they got in there and brawled. But I feel like I mean, you say you, you thought it was a good match. I feel like not much took place in the actual match. Mm hmm. Like, Solo ends up taking Dawkins out behind the referee's back. And then Sammy gets the victory over Montez Ford. Then they continue the attack on Kevin Owens. That's when you see Drew McIntyre and Sheamus show up and make the save. So, I believe they have a tag team match that I'll be speaking about later on. Huh. Interesting. You know? After that, though, we saw Dexter Loomis pick up the victory over Chad Gable. We saw Otis try to attack Loomis, but Loomis got out of the way of that. I need more wins for Chad Gable and Otis. I don't want to go into these matches not bored, but like knowing that, oh, it's a Chad Gable match. He's not going to win. So I... I feel like we need more victories every time Gable's wrestling or Otis is wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Uh, after that, Damage Control, they were walking to the ring and backstage. We saw the Hurt Business talking to Adam Pearce without uh, Bobby Lashley. So I thought that was interesting. I thought it was going to play a factor later on in the night, but it didn't. Perhaps next week it will. Yeah, it's very possible that we see that come into play later on. But Bailey ends up addressing beating Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch came out and said it's only a matter of time before somebody in damage control turns on the others. 
And then Becky Lynch lays out a challenge to Bailey. Since it started in Nashville, let's end it in Nashville. And Bailey's like, nah, nah, I'm good. And then uh, I like that. What? I like that. Very heel. Yeah. And then she said she'll allow Becky to find a partner. And Becky went into the match two on one. However, we saw uh, Damage Control pick up the victory. Becky Lynch is in the ring. And Mia Yim's theme song played. And it scared the absolute hell out of me. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> but she ended up coming out eventually to be Becky Lynch's partner. They're now again forcing the Meechin name on us. Uh-huh. So I don't I don't understand why they're doing that. But Dakota Kai was tagged in and she tried to pre- prevent Becky Lynch from being tagged in, only for Becky Lynch to get the tag. And take her out. And I, it all happened on the outside of the ring. And I thought that was like the best part of the match. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was so well done. But Becky Lynch ended up attacking Bailey, And it led to Mia Yim or Mi Chin getting pinned in that match. We also had uh, a segment with Dominic. They showed the arrest from Christmas that I spoke about last week. And then he discussed his time in prison. And said he's just getting started, and uh, I'm pretty sure he has a teardrop under his eye now. Yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. He's very comedic in this role. And I don't think people understand that. People are like, I I don't think Dominic is good, and it's like, I think he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing in this. Yeah, I agree with you. He's doing a great job. After that, we saw Bronson Reed's uh, a vignette for Bronson Reed, which I think is very much so needed to build him up, make him look strong and powerful, show clips of him from NXT. Uh, but when we'll see him next, I don't know. He wasn't on this episode outside of that, so it's very much so needed when you're not going to be using somebody like that. Yeah, that's very true, you know. And then the main event of Monday Night Raw saw Austin Theory pick up the victory over Seth Rollins to retain the U.S. Championship. I think they went out there and absolutely delivered. And it seemed like Seth Rollins worked a majority of this match with a hurt knee. So. That's true. and, And I don't know if it's like legit or not, but the match goes on. Theory attempts to leave at one point. Seth goes after him, brings him back into the ring. Theory tried to use the championship. And Seth Rollins ends up ducking that, hits him with a super kick, hits the frog splash with a bum knee. Theory still kicks out. I think that was incredible. That was well done. And then the referee gets taken out. Theory low blows Seth Rollins and and, uh, took down his knee and then... And then uh, hit the ATD to pick up the victory. So, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the ending, though. I thought it was great. I don't know. But yeah, now it's like... I don't know. I wasn't that big of a fan. Is Seth Rollins actually, like, shoot injured or what? Because they he there threw was footage... The, he yeah. threw up the X himself, so and not the referee, so I don't know. So I don't know if it's just going to be a way to keep him off television until the Raw Rumble. I have no idea. Hopefully he's not injured. Hopefully he's all good. But that was Monday Night Raw. Uh, I think I think I need to let Dave go. 
right yes, now. Throw me, throw me a bone, please. Let me get do a hot tag because I am done. It sounds like you're getting progressively worse. So I'm gonna let Dave go. <laughs> you jinxed it. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna do uh, NXT and SmackDown right now. I'll continue it myself. <laughs> Thank you. So. NXT kicks off. Carmelo Hayes picks up the victory over Apollo Crews. I thought it was a pretty good match. Uh, Carmelo Hayes worked Apollo's knee throughout the match. I thought one of the best things from NXT, maybe wrestling in 2023 so far, the blockbuster DDT that Apollo Crews did, I thought was absolutely incredible. But Trick Williams got involved and then Crews took him out. But he missed the standing moonsault on on uh, Carmelo Hayes, and he hurt his knee furthermore. So Carmelo Hayes was able to take advantage of that and continue uh, or, or pick up the victory there. But Axiom showed up afterwards, took Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams out, and then Axiom picked up the victory over Trick Williams, which was somewhat quick. I thought it was still a decent match, but it was it was somewhat of a quick match. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams continued the attack on Axiom after that, and Apollo Crews eventually made the save. He was still injured from his from the match prior, so it took time for him to get back out there. We saw Stax and Dijak footage from last Wednesday where Stax was tied up, and he told Dijak to uncuff him and settle it in the ring, which Dijak went ahead and did. Beat Stax. I thought it was going to be a much quicker match than it was, but it wasn't. And Dijak went to attack Stax after the match some more. Tony D'Angelo stopped him and then challenged him to a match next week. So that gets set up. We saw Toxic Attraction come out. And they were basically saying how they're going to continue to push the, fur- the the envelope further. And they want Roxanne Perez. Which led to Indy Hartwell coming out. Saying it's time for new blood to, to be at the top of the division. And then Cora Jade came out, Nikita Lyons, Zoe Stark, Wendy Chu, Thea Hale. And she called for a giant brawl, and they all came out and brawled. Alba Fire, Isla Dawn, the rest of the women's locker room all brawled. Roxanne finally came out and said that next week, they're going to have a 20-woman battle royal to see who will face her at Vengeance Day. So that brawl still continued Alba Fire and Isla Dawn went backstage. They were supposed to have a final resolution match. And while they're brawling backstage, you can see the Braun Breaker X. I thought that was cool that uh, he used in a previous entrance of his. But I appreciate the fact that the refs didn't just randomly start the match backstage when they were brawling there. And I thought this whole segment was good. Isla Dawn at one point smiles right before she's laid out on the table. Alba Fire goes up to hit a swanton from the, the top rope onto the table. She smiled. The table at that point did not break and then Fire hit the gory bomb through the table. So it broke. Uh, and Alba Fire picked up the victory over Isla Dawn in what I'm saying could potentially be uh, the best match of 2023 so far. In NXT, at least, I know people are going to be like, oh, New Japan. I wasn't too keen on that (laughs) pay-per-view, but I'll talk about that later on. Earlier in the night, Oro Mensa was interviewed and Javier Barnell interrupted and announced that he's releasing a Christmas album. 
And uh, even though Christmas had already passed, but Oromensa called it cringe and then went on to defeat Javier Burnell, which uh, was decent. I liked the choke that Oro did on the ropes. I thought it was somewhat unique, kind of reminded me of the tarantula, but clearly like nothing like the tarantula. Uh, and then the, the running spinning heel kick from into the corner was really nice too. But we saw a backstage segment with uh, Briggs, Jensen, and Henley where Kiana James approached them, congratulated Henley for winning last week, and said that she's she's going to forget about all that stuff. I'm here for Brooks, and she told him to text her later on. So we'll see more with that relationship. They aired a video that apparently showed up on Twitter this past week from WWE Anonymous. And they were filming Katana Chance and Caden Carter in the locker room. And Chance and Carter are pissed off about that. Who is it going to be? Is it one person? Is it two people? I don't understand it. But it seems like a script situation here. Hopefully it turns out to be a bigger surprise than that. Earlier in the night, we saw Chase U backstage. Uh, Drew Gulak was training with them. And Andre Chase was pissed off because Gulak was doing that. He's like, how dare you train people from Chase U or whatever. And then that leads to their match. Drew Gulak picks up the victory over Andre Chase. It was supposed to be Charlie Dempsey in this match, but... Dempsey was quote-unquote injured, so he wasn't in the match. However, during the match, they showed footage from backstage and he took his sling off. But Gulak chokes Andre Chase out to win. He goes over the the the, the pass-out time, over the bell, I should say. Charlie Dempsey then approaches Drew Gulak and Hank Walker later on. And Gulak told him he'll be facing Walker next week. And Walker kind of seemed surprised at that. But uh, William Regal's back in WWE, obviously not on camera. So uh, Charlie Dempsey's getting that training from William Regal now. And maybe not, maybe not Drew Gulak. Uh, We saw earlier on New Day sending pretty deadly on that wild goose chase, still looking for stuff like Big Boss Man's nightstick, The Rock's eyebrow. Uh, But Schism approached New Day because they want a, a title shot. And because New Day spoke about beating it or or spoke to every team except for them. And Joe Gacy said some stuff to Kofi Kingston, which had Kofi challenge him to a match. And that leads to the main event where Kofi Kingston picks up the victory over Joe Gacy. And Booker T basically spent the entire match trashing New Day to Xavier Woods, who was also on commentary. We saw the dyad, the dyad get involved. Kofi Kingston took them all out. And uh, Pretty Deadly afterwards said that they're going to win a gauntlet match to prove that they deserve a shot at the titles. So that's going to happen next week. The Dyad, um, Rip Fowler, um, competed on main event this week against Shelton Benjamin, who celebrated his 20 years. I spoke about that the other week. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, And Shelton Benjamin got a standing ovation. I just wish that, that happened on Monday Night Raw instead of main event on Hulu. But the final segment of NXT was the Grayson Waller effect with Braun Breaker as the guest. And Breaker was just like, I'm not pissed. And Grayson Waller, obviously bothered by that, he said that Braun Braun, uh, stole his whole gimmick from his father. And Braun's like, I don't care. 
I love my dad. It's my dad. And then Braun finally did snap and attacked Grayson Waller. And he did the Logan Paul thing where he grabs Waller's cell phone. It was streaming on Instagram, I believe. Dove to the outside, out of the ring on it. With it, I should say, not on it. So that's how NXT ended. I don't think it was the absolute strongest ending. But uh, next week is New Year's Evil, I believe. And we have a bunch of matches for that. But going to move over to SmackDown. The Bloodline opened up SmackDown the same way that they opened up Monday Night Raw. Obviously without uh, hitting security guards. But they were tearing up the set, it seemed. And Roman Reigns was the different part this time. He came out. And he let Sami Zayn speak. And Sami basically said that 2023 belongs to the Bloodline. And then Roman Reigns wanted to speak about last year instead of this year and said that their match with John Cena and Kevin Owens, their loss, his loss now, is basically all Sammy's fault. And he's like, I didn't lose. It's you who lost. And then he spoke about Sammy calling his shot like Roman Reigns and and copying him and then yelled at Sammy Zayn. Kevin Owens came out, told him to calm down. And said that his problem's not with Sami Zayn, it's with Kevin Owens. For weeks, it's, I have a Kevin Owens problem. Deal with it at the Royal Rumble. Take care of it at the Royal Rumble. And Kevin Owens challenged him to a match. And it gets made official later on. Sami Zayn tried to talk to Roman Reigns. But Paul Heyman was like, it's not a good time. And then even later on, Sami Zayn was, uh, I guess, beckoned to Roman Reigns to, to discuss something. But I'll speak about that later. Santos Escobar picked up the victory over Kofi Kingston in the first match, which stemmed from a backstage segment where Santos spoke to Kofi about the Royal Rumble. And the match itself, Kofi, he did a Royal Rumble spot to to save himself from touching the ground. And then he tossed Escobar out of the ring like a Royal Rumble. And then they did another Royal Rumble spot where Escobar saved himself on the ring steps and... Xavier Woods blew the trombone and he got scared and jumped off. So thus it would have eliminated him. I thought it was a fun spot. And outside of also Legato got involved. And that was the the reason how Kofi Kingston lost. But take away the, the Royal Rumble stuff, which I didn't mind being in the match because it's the whole story of the match. I thought this was a very good match. So from that that segment, we knew Santos was going to be in it. We knew Kofi was going to be in it. After that, we saw Liv Morgan declare herself for the Raw Rumble. She maybe crazily wants spot number one. So we'll see if she actually gets that. Uh, LA Knight was interviewed and was asked about the what happened with Bray Wyatt last week and the match that he has coming up against Bray Wyatt at the Raw Rumble. And uh, it was just a normal interview. I popped for him doing the the walking in Memphis line. But we now know that the match at Royal Rumble is anything goes, pinfall submission, but not much else from that other than it's a Mountain Dew stupid sponsorship match. Uh, After that, we saw Karrion Cross and Scarlett pick up the victory over Madcap, Moss, and Emma. I'm not a fan of the match starting during the break, but Scarlett wrestling has, I feel like, been building up for years now. 
And it seems like I think she did fine in this match. Her first actual TV match for WWE was 2016 against Nia Jax when she was an enhancement talent. But outside of that, this was the actual first time that we've seen Scarlett wrestle on television. So I thought it was I thought it was fine. Uh, I did like Karrion Cross breaking up the the pin and then Emma going face to face with him. But there was no way that her and Madcap were going to win this match. And after they lost, they put Rey Mysterio's mask on Madcap. So that continues the feud with Rey Mysterio. We saw Charlotte come out, cut a promo. She said her three things that she has throughout her career, passion, consistency, and dedication. And uh, I think this might have been maybe her best promo that she's done. But Sonya Deville interrupted and brought up how Charlotte beat up a half-dead Ronda Rousey and then challenged her to a title match right then and there because she's ready to go, Charlotte's ready to go. Uh, Also, I didn't realize Charlotte was out for almost eight months. That's pretty crazy. But Charlotte, of course, picks up the victory over Sonya Deville to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. I was hoping to see new stuff from Flair, but it's it was really the same stuff. Nothing of note, really, but it wasn't a bad match. After that, they aired a Lacey Evans vignette, which I completely forgot she was supposed to return last week. Uh, but that obviously didn't happen, and they aired another promo, which was about her introducing the fact that she's using the Cobra Clutch now. <laughs> So I guess because she's military, she's using that. I don't, I don't know. I guess they're trying everything, anything and everything. After that, Ricochet picked up the victory over Top Dollar to declare himself or, or qualify, I should say, for the Royal Rumble. Quick match. I think it was obvious that Top Dollar wasn't making it into the Rumble there. But they shook hands afterwards and Hit Row held his arm up in victory. And then they all attacked him. And Hit Row hit, a, I think, a cool double-team move on Ricochet before Braun Strowman made the ultimate save. And then, uh, after that, we got to the backstage segment with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. Sami came in, apologized to Roman Reigns, and said that he acknowledges him. And Roman said that he doesn't accept Sami's apology and said, as the tribal chief, I need to control my anger. And the reason why I'm not accepting your apology is because... I need to apologize to you. Sammy brushed it off. He basically said it's fine. And then Roman said that he wants uh, Sammy Zayn to take care of Kevin Owens next week. So that match is taking place on SmackDown. And then Sammy Zayn tried to go out there for the main event, but Roman Reigns held him back and uh, I guess had him watch it with him in the locker room. Uh, But the Usos picked up the victory over Drew McIntyre and Sheamus to retain the tag team championships. I liked the segment that they did earlier in the night at Jerry Lawler's bar. I thought that was fun. But because they went over all their matches and kept like slapping each other's chests each time. Like, I guess basically like in anything you can do, I can do better situation. But uh, the match itself I thought was really good. I liked McIntyre and Sheamus both hitting the white noise from the middle rope to the Usos at the same time. I don't know if I liked Jimmy getting the tag by tagging in Jay's knee when Sheamus had him up for the Celtic cross. I feel like it. that's just a, I don't know, can you tag a knee? 
I guess you can. But Solo took out Drew McIntyre behind the referee's back, which led to Ridge Holland and Butch to run out and take Solo out. And then Sheamus, I guess, he was he had one of the Usos up for a move, lost his balance, and they pinned him, and the other Uso pushed their legs on to give more support to pick up that victory. Um... But yeah, like I said, it was a very good match. And that's SmackDown. Uh, It was also announced, by the way, I didn't mention it. Money in the Bank is going to be taking place in the United Kingdom. So that's pretty cool. That that pay-per-view PLE was one of the events that people had said. uh, There's rumors of them getting rid of the Money in the Bank as a a pay-per-view event or PLE event. Uh, which I guess is now redundant to say PLE event because the E is premium live event. It's an E already. But uh, yeah, so it should be cool to see the United Kingdom get that event. But I'm going to take a quick break right now and come back with Chris and talk about Wrestle Kingdom and AEW right here on Marking Out. Yo, 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 yo. Yo, it's your boy JTG, and you're listening to Markin' Out. Wait for it. Wait for it. Cheer! Welcome back to Markin' Out Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Episode 622 is halfway there. Whoa! It's Brandon and Chris. I couldn't think of anything right now, but yeah, Brandon and Chris with you. Brandon, hey. Howdy, hey. I said, You know, I've been saying that to people now. Hey? Hey, howdy, hey. That's funny. What do they yeah, say like- back? They're just like, oh, hey, what's up? It's like, when I, when I go to, <laughs> what? This goddamn child. <laughs> God, yeah, right? No, it's like when I walk up to, like, the moms and stuff like that that pick up uh, our kids, I go, hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> and I always think of you. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I, I would love to know what the mothers think. I'd probably just think, oh, hey, here's weirdo Chris again. <laughs> <laughs> but, Brandon, it's a new year. How did you spend your new year? Uh, I really didn't do anything. Oh, nice. What about you nice. do? We did Dave and Buster's. They did this like ticketed party. Uh, Jordan, my son's home today from sick. He has a inner, he's a, a medium ear canal infection, not like a full on ear infection. Um, so uh, he's in the background if you hear anything. Um, but we went to Dave and Buster's. They had this like ticketed event. It was like a buffet, tables, and then you get like a, a game card. So we just, uh, you know, won a bunch of stuff and came home and I was asleep by 11 o'clock. Buster, I think, died. Really? Yeah. A lot of people dying recently. I think over the past week or so. Yeah. I feel like I've, I've been seeing like, oh, this person's dead. This person's dead. Uh-oh. So that's it. Um, and let's continue on because it is a new year. And you can say the first stop of the new year for wrestling is always New Japan at the Tokyo Dome. Wrestle Kingdom 17. Uh, we spoke about it half Half uh, Lee last week, but now we're gonna kind of go into it. Still half Lee. <laughs> yeah, kinda, yeah, you can kind of still half Lee. A lot of you know, a lot of big things coming out. I like the fact that they had, um, the the pre-show had that trip, the Antonio Inoki six-man match, which I thought was nice. You know, especially with him just passing away this year, it's an, especially on the biggest event of the year. I think it was a smart move by New Japan to make a, an honorary match towards him. I just hate how they handle their pre-shows. Because it's yeah, like, you, you get the first match, the first match is like two minutes long or whatever. You get like the second match, long. and then you wait 40 minutes or so 
And they're like, here's the Antonio Inoki Memorial match. And then yeah. you wait like 50 minutes or so in between that for the card to actually start. And it's like, bro, yeah. it's already <laughs> so late for us. Well, yeah, but late for you, but not in Japan. Uh, yeah, but, obviously. You know, started the show off junior heavyweight tag team action. Catch two slash two of TJP and Francisco Akira picked up the victory over Lee Yo. Leo Rush and Yo. Apparently, Leo Rush was injured during this. He was supposed to make some wrestling thing this weekend. I think it was PWG. supposed to be for GCW. What's up? PWG. Oh, it was PWG. Okay, yeah, he had to pull off. He, uh, yeah, he got busted open, and I'm like, I don't think blood is a normal thing for New Japan. New Japan. Yeah, and then it happened three, uh, two other times. I was like, what is, what, what is this? Yeah. I couldn't think this? of maybe two other times before that. More than two other times, I don't think. In, in regards to me seeing blood in New Japan. And then it happened three times on the card. I was like, what? I was, well, at least it didn't happen right after match after match after match. So No. Um, but after this, the first of its kind on a New Japan show, uh, Kyrie defends her IWGP Women's Championship against Tom Nakano via pinfall. But the bigger story wasn't the 5 minute and 50 second 56 seconds. Very, match. very disappointing. Especially because it was the first IWGP Women's Championship match featured on on the card. But what they did, I mean, what they did inside the match was good. Yeah. It's just, it was disappointing that they didn't give them more time. The bigger story, though, was, you know, again, another one of the be- worst kept secrets in professional wrestling is after Kyrie makes her first defense, uh, you have a Jumbotron come on with. Uh, music that I feel like I've heard several million times before, but apparently that first beat in it, it's like an old school L.A. Well, I mean, hip-hop it's, track. Uh, I mean, I don't know if she sampled Nipsey Hussle, who sampled Chris. Yeah, but that's like, yeah, but that's like an old school, like, um, who was it? Emilio Sparks said it on Twitter. It's like, that's an old it's school hip hop beat. Chris Cross is jump. Yeah, but it's yeah, but that's that's just saying like it's Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby, and it's not uh, under pressure by Queen. No, I don't know. I think yeah, because it's dun 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 dun. But no, right? I think I think Criss Cross was the first to use that in. If I, I mean, I could a hundred percent be mistaken, but I'm almost certain Criss Cross was the first to use the. I can't even like replicate. We're going on a tangent here. Anyway, was. Mercedes Monet, formerly known as Sasha Banks, debuts in. New Japan Pro Wrestling, and essentially she's there for New Japan. She's stardom, and she's on a world domination tour. It was very underwhelming. It was extremely underwhelming. The theme song is awful. She had months. Oh, uh, yep. That yep. song sucks. No offense. No, I. you know what? The only thing Monet. that got stuck in my head, that, that got stuck in my head, I was just walking around going, money. It's just, it's very unfortunate that that's how it was handled. And it's, I mean, I think it's very clear by how short that match was that New Japan really doesn't care about the women. I don't think it was the fact that New Japan really cared about the women. I think they cared more about Mercedes debuting. I don't think and, people you know, even in the like crowd cared. Uh, they weren't allowed to cheer again, yet again, audibly, but when stuff was no, happening that they were happy about, you could audibly hear cheers. Yeah, so maybe they just didn't realize it. You know, if she came out and she was Sasha Banks, uh, yeah, I don't Sasha know. Banks, you know, it would be totally different. But and I, I, I just don't feel like it. I know, I know Twitter and I know social media went nuts over it, but I just feel like it was just a very yeah. It, I, I was hoping for like obviously, like you said, it was like the best unkept secret or whatever. Yeah, it's it's like everything. or the worst kept yeah. secret, I should say. <laughs> I I was hoping for me to feel like how I did when Cody showed up at yes. WrestleMania, and it just wasn't even to... anywhere close to that. 
you have to realize too, Japanese wrestling fans and American wrestling fans are two totally different entities. But I will say that the only person trending from that show, like past Wrestle Kingdom, was Sasha Banks. I'm not a big fan of her hair. I mean, it looks like just... Kiara Hogan's gear. No, it looks like <laughs> the cover to Metallica Load, her hair. Um, but anyway, so also, Mercedes- uh, that, that move that she did is very unfortunate that, that it got messed up, but yeah, I would prefer I to not see that used as a finisher. I thought she was going for a Kimura lock sort of move. Okay. Cause the way it, I, it, it was sold by Kyrie. I saw Tony Deppin posted it on, uh, yeah, on Twitter Deppin, back, in, in a back in yeah. a backyard, which I thought was great. But then somebody uh, like, I didn't, I didn't up until somebody posted a clip of her training with Hoovy. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be a DDT. Uh, apparently that was a, that was like last year. She was, yeah, yeah I know. I know because... she's been training Lucha with them. It was, yeah, they, she was, uh, would... Tommy, Tommy dreamer was on busted open, I think on Monday and he was talking, he goes, yeah, it was like a pre pandemic pre pandemic. Yeah, he's like, pre-pandemic, I was in an airport in Mexico because Impact was doing stuff in Mexico. And he said, he's like, and I turn around and Sasha Banks is sitting right there. I'm like, what are you doing here? She goes, oh, it's just in, in Mexico training. I want to learn Lucha. I'm so. pretty sure that clip with Hoovy was new, though. Okay, so maybe she went, you know? Yeah, well, I, we knew that while she was still in WWE, she flew herself to Japan to train. Yeah. She, this, is a, this is a woman that likes, loves professional wrestling. And she's on this now, quote-unquote, world domination tour. So I would not have a problem seeing her in Mexico. Uh, I think a match between her and Taya Valkyrie in Mexico would be money. I not mean, I, I feel like we're most likely we wouldn't see her in Mexico. Why? Like, we wouldn't see her in Mexico. Other people, if they're watching the shows. Yeah, why? Cause they, because they'll, they'll, uh, AAA will block it from uh, being I have no the idea. <laughs> it's potential. Who so. knows? Mercedes but she got Monet to see, here. but Sasha Banks got to see her best friends uh, wrestle. Sasha Banks that. got to see her after that, and unfortunately, FTR did lose their IWGP Tag Team Championships to Bishamon. Um, I think we all all kind of expected it. Yeah, and I can only so, expect for FTR to be making their way back to. You've been saying that for WWE. two years, but, but I think Dax even said it too. He says we've always been contracted talent. We've never been uncontracted free agents. So maybe they want to just go go out and just. Work the NWAs and work the GCWs, and you know we we're supposed to. Were we supposed to get like a FTR Briscoes match at GCW or something like that? Um, but it was pulled because of AEW. Yeah, because then they had. Well, I mean, rightfully so, they had that. And then Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor and did it there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have an inaugural and. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Champion in Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Ren Narita. Uh, looks like there's a new stable being built in New Japan, and that is the Mighty Don't Kneel. Sabre looking yeah. like uh, Ronnie Garvin with that hair. Yeah. Um, I know, but hey, listen, I guess this is a new stable because it looks like you can kind of say Bullet Club might be collapsing. Well, I don't know if it's a new stable, but, uh, I know, but Zack I mean, Sabre Jr. definitely forever. joined them. Yeah, well, it's it was a tag. They were a tag team before they went to WWE. They came back, but it looks like because I think the night after at New Year's Dash, somebody else joined the Mighty O'Neil Also, if not mistaken, uh, I don't know, but I mean, Whatever. TMDK is a it was a big like um, what's his name Jonah was in there. Yes. Okay. So maybe maybe they're just uh, they're building up now. So, but um, I mean, there was more than just Jonah too. Like um, I can't. But originally I can't it was a tag team. Was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. 
with Mikey Machine Nichols Haste and, and uh, Mikey yeah. Nichols. Yep, absolutely. Which it's still uh, like bizarre to me that it's it feels like a dream their WWE run as a tag team. It, it, they didn't get the like, it, and especially because they made it to a video game, which was unexpected. Yeah, and then Mikey Nichols left WWE, and uh, and then Shane Hayes, Shane Thorne was just Roman. Roman Reigns. Now, um, we have a new never open weight champion. As expected, Tamatanga picks up the victory over Carl Anderson. So um, you can kind of say this is a expected because they got to get the title off of Carl Anderson since he's a WWE contract superstar. Um, and these two guys, a are best, you know, close friends in real life, and you know, having a match like this on one of the biggest uh, J- Japanese shows ever is awesome. I just feel bad because the ending was wonky. Yeah. Um, Six-man match as you have Kaiji Muto's last New Japan match picking up the victory with Tanahashi and Shota Umino defeating Los Ingrenables de Japan, Naito, Sonata, and Bushi. You got to put all those guys on the card. Um, you have Takahashi uh, becoming your new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion picking up the victory over Taiji Ishimori, El Desperado, and Master Wado. I think that was uh, maybe my favorite match of the night. Okay. Cool. Um, and then you also have a new IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion in what some people are calling the first of what could be many match of the year candidates is Kenny Omega defeats Will Ospreay in 30, almost 35 minutes. Um, I liked this match. I'm not a fan of either of these guys, but I like this match a lot. Um, they did a very good job of hyping up this match with vignettes and then the press conference, they did a really good job. I of thought that was up. so goofy. Yeah, I mean, it's goofy, but still. People like, are like, this is the new hard times. It's so heartwarming. Blah, blah. I'm like, bro, he says the C word and then bruv over and over again. C word and bruv? Yeah. Okay. Um, but the match itself, I thought it was great. These guys, you know, these guys took two, early in the match, took two massive bumps to the guardrails. Kenny in uh, Japan is just so much better than Kenny Ken, yeah, it's like, on TV. It's like drinking a Coors Light in Colorado as opposed to drinking a Coors Light in New York. It just hits differently. And I know from experience, brother. Um, but I thought the match was great. Um, so now Kenny Omega is going to walk out on AEW programming in two weeks with the uh, IWGP United States Championship. And then he's going to win the Trios Championship. Fingers crossed he doesn't. But I know. I, I'm, I'm crossing real hard. There, and then the, uh, the match that nobody's talking about. <laughs> because like, and, this, and I said this yesterday. And I said this yes, last week. I said, you can't put these two matches back to back because everyone's going to blow their wad. But I don't think on... it's even that because that's what New Japan always puts stuff like that I know, together. but like, you could have like moved stuff around. Like, but I think it's people, I... people like Jay White. People are kind of maybe at this point over Okada. I can see that. Okay. But he's, you know, he's unfortunately he's the John Cena right now of uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We didn't say it. Okada is your new IWGP champion, picking up the victory over Jay White. Um, then you have that New Year's Dash thing where Jay White challenged Hikaleu to a loser leaves uh, New Japan match. Yeah, which is apparently now the rumors are kicking that WWE wants Hikaleo. So <laughs> hey, listen, I'm I'm about it. But again, yes, I can tell you that the match was the Okada Jay White match was maybe about the same time, if not a little bit less than the Kenny Omega match. But again, I said it. You can't. After that Kenny Omega match, everyone was so like, 
I didn't even watch. I, I was not planning on watching Omega and Osprey because I'm just like over both of them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I watched some of it, um, and it was it was good from what I saw. There were obviously there were like Kenny spots in there and stuff that I didn't it's enjoy. It's a Kenny Omega match. How is there not going to be right? Kenny spots? Yeah, I know, but uh, it wasn't like to me. That's not like match of the year stuff. Okay, but and then I didn't even watch Okada and Jay White because I just I. Couldn't care less. No offense to either yeah. of them, but well, you did see Jay White main event. The uh... yeah, did you see? Didn't we see this match at Madison Square Garden? Yeah, wow. That's when well, Jay White won the the championship from Okada. No, I or was it vice versa? I think it was vice versa. I forget. You're really good with dates and times and stuff like that. I'm terrible. But anyway, that was New Japan Pro Wrestling starting the year off hot, uh, you know, giving us a, a subjective match of the year candidate. I really enjoyed the match, um, and we'll see what goes on with New Japan Heroes. See what goes on Mercedes Monet because now it's uh, it's booked for February. It's Kyrie versus uh, Mercedes Monet for the IWGP Women's Heavyweight Heavyweight. It was it was Okada. Okada picked up the victory over Jay White. Yeah, so that's what I said we have a new IWGP champion. So and it was Ky- for a different title too. Yeah, like, what's this about? Like, I heard that it's like, it's the fifth champion instead of like the 175th or whatever it is. Because this was, we saw the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. This is the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they unified them, and that's that new, really, I like that title. Right, this was established March 2021. Okay. Yeah, there's been five champions since. So, yep, that's it. Let's cross the pond. Let's go over to AEW Rampage from last week. They you uh, have your... Before we start that, they aired a uh, Don West bumper. Good, they should I, have. I spoke about last week. I learned, though, through this through this week that it's very possible that Don West was actually the one who coined the, the Pele kick name for AJ Styles. Really? Back in TNA, yeah. I'm almost certain that might be uh, might be true. I saw I saw some people talk about it. But uh, Pele is also somebody who passed away last week. Yeah, I know. They're and he's probably one of the most so- uh, famous soccer players ever. And I remember at one point going to the mall, Roosevelt Field, and they were doing a signing at Steiner Sports. With Pele? Yeah, but he was like, I think downstairs in like their storage place. So it wasn't like crazy in the mall, but it was a madhouse. Oh, I bet it was. It was all nuts for people to go there and meet Pele, so... So, so, yeah. Cool. Anyway, let's get to AEW Rampage there. Uh, you start off the show with Orange Cassidy successfully defending his All-Anti Championship against his best friend, Trent Beretta. Um, I liked this match a lot. I think Big Show described it perfectly with uh, by saying internal conflict. Conflict? Yeah, or I don't conflict? know why I said conflict. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> internal conflict. But not only was this a good match, also, too, it told more of the story of Kip Sabian and Orange Cassidy as well. The whole match itself, I mean, it was really, I want to win, but I don't want to do this to you. Yeah. Kip sure. Sabian was on commentary for this, and Penelope Ford distracted Trent, which I felt was dumb because now it's like the only reason why Trent lost was because of somebody who Orange Cassidy's feuding with. Yeah. It's not like yeah, it was, they were feuding with each other. It's not affecting just it's not affecting Orange Cassidy. It's also affecting his best friends. Right. So And then I was expecting it. Kip Sabian um, to have a match right afterwards because that's what I saw, but uh they they cut to a backstage with Darby and Sting. 
from last week's Dynamite. Let's not let's not talk about this, please. I don't I mean, even want to talk about the main event of Dynamite, but whatever. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, let's yep. just skip over that. Kip Sabian, uh, thank you. Picks Finally, up the victory over Atiba. That's it. Everybody used the orange. The big thing here is he used the orange punch to finish off Atiba with Orange Cassidy's elbow pad. Yeah, because Penelope stole it uh, during the match. I need to know though. Between uh, Orange Cassidy retaining that championship and Darby and Sting, what were they doing? What were the best friends doing with Kip Sabian ringside? They just stopped caring about Kip Sabian cheating? Well, I mean, they I guess they know that Orange Cassidy is the best. They just peaced out. They were like, yeah, we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, that's it. We saw uh, uh, LFI backstage where Preston Vance is now randomly going as uh, Pero Peligroso, dangerous well, dog. Yeah, well, he is dangerous. Look at him. He can't always be 10, you know, this the is a, this is, one. Well, Preston Vance, I think, is a perfect name to call him. I think uh, well, this, is Pell- 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 Preston Vance. this is a Triple big bill situation. This is a big bill situation. It's a big bill situation. Yeah, that's a terrible name change. Big bill. After that, we yeah. had Moxley uh, in the in the ring interviewed. Yeah, all we can say here is just piping up this match that they're going to have at the forum, Moxley versus Hangman Page. But it's like, it was, again, it was more one of those, like, boo-hoo, we don't care that you got a concussion. Yeah. We, we don't care about the safety of athletes when we go into the ring. John Moxley doesn't care about the safety of athletes when he goes into a ring. We work harder than anyone else, and we don't care about the safety. All right. Next up, you had Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal backstage. Uh, they respond to Max Caster's rap. Um, and apparently this got really real because Karen Jarrett, uh, you know, chimed in on uh, social media. Apparently uh, Kurt was texting her something, though, like off air or something. I don't know. I don't really I, I don't really care. I about can't that. even then, begin like, to get into that. I don't know. Yeah, and then Karen Jarrett tried to say that she... That uh, Kurt Angle cheated on her with Kelly <laughs> Kelly, and Kelly Kelly was like, brother, we were just co-workers. We never slept together. I know. And then, like, um, what was it? And then Jeff Jarrett went on his podcast this week and started ripping Max Caster, saying that, you know, he's terrible and Creative Pro sucks. And <laughs> I'm sure that's all Kiz Fizz. Oh, sure. it was it was all Kiz Fizz there, brother. Um, but but, but yeah. also, I mean, I mean, Dawn Marie was mentioned in the tweet. She obviously, I don't think she's on uh, social media to even say. And then the other person that was mentioned in the tweet is somebody who Kurt actually did have an affair with who then turned into a stalker. Mm. And prior to being a stalker or somebody who Kurt Angle had an affair with, apparently she was a stalker for Ric Flair. Woo. Is that not weird? <laughs> so strange. Just a wrestling stalker. That's it. Yeah. So after this, Jade Cargill defends her TBS championship against Kiara Hogan. Uh, you kind of see after the match a little uh, dissol- dissolving of the baddies as um, Red Velvet kind of walked off on her own, leaving Jade and uh, Layla Gray in the ring. A few weeks ago, though, I was like, it has to be Kiara Hogan who yes. dethrones Jade Cargill with how they painted that storyline. And then it's been weeks since we last saw Kiara Hogan and Jade together. So it went from Kiera has to beat Jade to why do I think she even has a chance to do something like that? And it brought me back to before Kiera Hogan was signed to AEW. She appeared on AEW like an enhancement talent for, for that still 
irks me that that happened. And it was just Jade getting the victory over her again. It made no sense. And that's, Mark, what, Mark that's Sterling exactly was, what this was, except Layla Gray was involved, and then Red Velvet was involved, and she stopped Jade from slapping Kiera Hogan. So now we move on to it looking like uh, Red Velvet has to be the one to dethrone Jade. It's going to be Mercedes Monet. I don't know. Okay, can we get on to the next segment now? Tony Nice challenging Brian Danielson. The end. That's it. Shane Strickland, Swerve Strickland, in the main event, picked up the victory over Wheeler Yuta, and I didn't understand why Wheeler Yuta was out there by himself when the Blackpool Combat Club did the interview beforehand with him, and Swerve had his goons out there. I want to. I, I want to wait to talk about his goons when uh, we get to. The referee ends up getting elbowed and Swerve low blowed uh, Wheeler Yuta right before hitting his finisher, and he, I think, could have used the BCC with him. Yeah, he could have, but you know, Lunkhead one and Lunkhead two, or um, so I don't know. We'll see. Fast forward to AEW Dynamite for the brand new year. They have a new entrance, a new uh, intro video. We spoke about the the Raw and SmackDown graphics. You spoke about it. I mean, it's it's a very spoken about topic. I like it a lot. The new stage is almost identical to an old Monday Night Raw stage. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Nope. Yes, it okay. is. And I, I wish to, this listen, was more. I, you and your WWE homerness. No, you I don't can't even deny right now. that. That makes no sense. You cannot look at that stage and say that's not a. You WWE also told me that stage. I don't watch professional wrestling. Well, that's because you apparently didn't see the referee do stuff. Yeah, I'm okay. Sorry, I'm not paying attention to the referees. But you when I'm can't paying attention look to the at action. this entrance and say that's not a copycat. And I think. It's a thi- uh, uh, because I'm is that going to be the pi- is, is, is that going to be the picture of the week this week? Is the two stages right? No. Copycats AEW. I, think, I hate AEW. I think TBS or TNT, whoever owns that station, is like we need you to look like that. Okay, we saw so that it was the network. I don't care. I care about changes. the action that's happening in the ring. I don't care about whatever. Copycats. I like the old set. I wish they went if they were going to change it. I wish it was going to be something like Grand Slam to, to uh, twenty twenty one. That low stage. Yeah, it was something unique. I like the the two entrance. But tunnels. I like how like the entrance like works and like spreads out. Like with a uh, first match, Rick, uh, uh, the first match between Jericho and Ricky Starks. You have Jericho's like JAS thing playing behind him, and then like all these spurts of like gold and stuff like that. We're spending too much time on the entrance way than we also, are. Also, commentary action. looks a lot better now. Yeah, it looks super clean. I like like the little LED ropes they did around the outside. It looks very nice doesn't look indie as you and Dave would like to say. Um, anyway, though, Chris Jericho picks up a victory. Actually, no. Ricky Starks picks up the victory over Chris Jericho. B- clean. Sp- spears him in the middle of the ring. It was very so, well worked. Yes, it was a very well worked match. I like this match a lot. Um, and it was like, I mean, Starks had everything against him in this. Yeah, Angelo Parker tried to get in, and, and Matt Menard clocked him with the the baseball bat while he had him locked in the the walls of Jericho. And then and I saw, thought that was going to be the end. Yeah, and Starks like hulked up or whatever, and uh, 2.0 got involved again, and Starks took them out and hit that spear. But I was definitely not expecting him to pick up that victory there. And I think 
even if he had lost, because of everything, him kicking out of the, the walls of Jericho and everything, I think he would have looked like an even bigger star. Yeah. Even if I he, think he lost. Looked- so I thought that was a perfectly done match. So do I. I like that Ricky Starks got the rub here. But post uh, the but post uh, match, Jericho. <laughs> what? I said, but then. Yeah, but then the Jericho Appreciation Society beats up everybody. Action Andretti comes out to clear house. So then uh, you have the Jericho Appreciation Society one up him. And Jake Hager power bombs Ricky Starks off the apron to the arena floor through a table. So it, it, I think Excalibur had the, the poignant thing to say. The story here is Chris Jericho has lost two matches in a row now. So, your thoughts on this backstage thing? The the backstage post match post match gimmick, post match gimmick. I just it's always why did they're it's always them on top. No matter it has what. to be though they're they're the whiny heels. Yeah, but I don't think that needs to be always on top. Okay. Uh, after this long Hangman Page promo saying he's going on a red eye tonight, going back to you know West Virginia and getting a brain scan, if it's okay, he's wrestling John Moxley next week. I'm not. I'm John still Mox- not cleared, but if I go home for just one more week, I'll be cleared. John Moxley comes out, you know, says they're gonna fight. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Chan- channeling his inner Rick Ross. Why cursing? Uh, yeah, because the microphone wasn't working. It's weird because like it worked for us, but it didn't work for the crowd. Yeah, it was yeah, it was working perfect on our end. And then he's just tapping. He's like, "All right, let's go Seahawks," and everybody's on his side again, which I thought was funny. <laughs> and then I, I guess I mean it pretty much ended to ended with him threatening to, I guess, kind of kill. These Adam. guys both wanted to beat each other up so badly, but they know they couldn't because they couldn't have that match then next week. Yeah. So after um, ap- that, we saw uh, the acclaimed to pick up the victory over Triple J to retain the AEW Tag Team Championships, which I did I not lo- realize was about to be a tag title match. I love this match. But Billy Gunn love this match. Billy Gunn gets kicked from ringside. Singh and Sanjay got kicked at one point. Bowens. I love Satnam Singh just flipping off everybody <laughs> as he's walking out. <laughs> Bowens ends up so getting funny. his foot on the rope and Sanjay knocks it off behind the referee's back. And Triple J won the titles. But because they had all those referees out there trying to get Satnam Singh out of there, Ref Aubrey was out there, got in the ring to alert the referee. And uh, acclaimed picked up the victory, and now there's a no holds barred match at Battle of the Belts for those titles. I love it. I think this is great, and what they've been doing with the storyline has been fantastic. I wish I even... that portion of Jeff Jarrett and and uh, uh, Jay Lethal winning the titles like lasted a little, a little longer. longer than it was. Yeah, because okay. like as soon as the match, the ref called for the the belt. Aubrey was in there to like. Like, yeah, I don't even think the other, probably... the other ref didn't look ready for that spot to even happen. Okay. But the match itself, I thought was fun. The dusty finish was perfect. Um, I liked Max Caster in the middle of the match. Hits the, uh, the ankle slam and the ankle lock to pop everybody, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, but this is a great tag team, tag team wrestling match. Um, and I'm not complaining about Jeff Jarrett being on my TV. If Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal actually won the titles, I like my <laughs> mouth kind of dropped. I would have been fine with it. Because it would probably have been a short run and the Acclaim would have won it back. I think I would have been disappointed. Like, I don't expect them to win at Battle of the Belts, but I feel like if they did actually win the titles, I would have been disappointed. Not as disappointed with the ending, but we'll speak about that (laughs) in a second or so. Uh, After that, though, we saw Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker have a sit-down interview, and they're like, oh, who's going to be Soraya's partner? 
and Britt said that Hikaru Shida and Tony Storm are both fantastic, and she doesn't understand why Soraya hasn't picked her partner yet. Why are you taking so long when you have two incredible options right there? Well, then can we jump ahead right now to the other well, sit down that Britt happens? Baker in the the in the interview calls herself the boss. Yeah, well, she is the boss. And then She's fast the the forward, Soraya is sitting there with Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida. And Soraya finally is like, oh, you'll be my partner, and turns to Tony Storm. It was Tony the most Storm. underwhelming thing. You thought Mercedes Monet debut was underwhelming. Man, this was even... What and I had Hikaru Shida is... looks pissed. To me, Hikaru Shida looks dumb in this situation because literally four weeks since the start of this, it's built up that it was Tony Storm going to be her partner. Whether or not Tony Storm actually makes it to being her partner, and we see Mercedes Monet next week or whatever, who knows? Yeah. But I think that's an awful part for Mercedes to be in. And I've Why? said that so from here's, the start. So what, Mark, Mark booking here. So let's say next week you have a backstage promo with Tony Storm and her, and her Carter Sheeta. Tony Storm's like, oh, I'm so happy that uh, you know I got to be my, I got to be uh, her partner. Her Carter Sheeta attacks Tony Storm. That's and what then I looks thought. at Soraya. And no, but listen, let me finish here. So then she goes, "Oh, hey!" And then Hokarshi is like, "Well, Tony Storm's out. I have to be your partner now, Soraya." And she goes, "Oh, I really don't have to be." Boom! Someone hits her from behind. You see Hokarshida on the floor. Tight shot on Hokarshida. You have uh, Mercedes like uh, feet walk in, pan up. Mercedes is standing right there, and, and she's like, "Oh, what about me?" And she goes, "Okay, fine. Now let's go just win this match." I just I hope that it's could happen not too. Her. Why don't you hope, hope it's her? Because it, I don't think that's a good kid, way to bring somebody in. It, I don't know if she's going to be doing, like, if if Mercedes goes there and does, like, an actual contract with AEW and she's signed for a length of time instead of the Matt Cardona version, I don't think that's a good way to be brought, brought in. Okay. She's supposed to be the face of the women's division. Yeah, but let's say you, you have to bring her in somehow. What, are you supposed to just have her come in you the first night? the and, champion. Or you have her come in, do this, and then Jade comes out in a couple weeks and goes, yeah, I have no competition left. I'm not defending this anymore. Mercedes comes out. How about you challenge me right now? By the way, speaking of this, I want to go back to – this is like a total brain fart on my end. Last week we were going over the champions of uh, – last champions of 2022. I was right on one of them because we recorded too early. And I said the SmackDown Women's Champion of the end of the year would be Charlotte Flair. And it was. Well, you were doing for 2012. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, look at that. I know. Wow. Bam. So, on that note, let's get back to more AEW stuff. Jungle Boy and Hook are facing off against Big Bill Lee Moriarty next week on Dynamite in Jungle Boy's hometown of LA. Enough said about that. After this. This was kind of like the meat and potatoes of Dynamite right here, this whole thing. It was Brian Danielson picking up the victory over Tony Nese. I will never complain when both these guys are in the ring. Especially yeah, but together. I was hoping for an actual match. It was... It was. The story wasn't the match. The story was more after the match. Because then MJF comes out. You know, Brian Danielson's like, Oh, Seattle, you're great. Blah, blah, blah. This, that, and the other thing. Uh, MJF, get your butt out here. MJF comes out. Starts insulting Brian Danielson. And Brian Danielson starts insulting MJF. Um, I think this whole segment went a little bit too long for my take. Yes, I know it I did. spoke I spoke to Dave about it and he was all about it. 
But the, then you, they finally whittle it down, and now in true MJF fashion, if somebody wants to get a title shot, MJF has to make them jump through hoops. And he even said that, too, on commentary. He said that. He's like, I'm going to make you jump through hoops because that's what I make everybody do. Most importantly. Most importantly here. Rankings are back, apparently. <laughs> I, it, it is? Wins, well, I mean, I don't think they updated them, but according to MJF, wins and losses matter. So if you would be so kind to check out the AEW rankings for... <laughs> I'll, I'll let me look. But, okay, so let's... Rankings, yep, here we go. I think the last person ranked number one is CM Punk. Yep, and it's still from August 31st, so they haven't updated them yet. So let's continue on, though. But Danielson says he's going to expose... He's going to win. He's going to... So MJF is making him win out all of his matches until February 8th. Brian is taking on uh, Takeshita next week, so that should be cool. That should be awesome. And... Ed, and Brian Daniels said if he wins these matches, he's gonna he gets to pick the stipulation, and the stipulation is going to expose MJF as a professional wrestler and how good he is. It is going to be an hour-long Iron Man match. He's definitely about to expose MJF to see how good he is. That's going to be like, I'm pumped for that match. That's going to be a dope match. I am so pumped about it, and I think MJF is going to shut everybody up. Well, but it's I feel like it's like a Logan Paul situation where... Every time we see him, he has to, like, reprove himself. And MJF, what was it against uh, Sean Spears that was, like, an absolute banger of a match? Yeah. And people were like, oh, MJF can't wrestle, he sucks. And then they they put on that match. It's like, holy crap, he could actually wrestle. And then back to, oh, MJF can't wrestle, blah, blah, blah. I said this to Dave. He's going to show him, like, um, how Roman... uh, Why is it... I'm getting text messages. Film. Okay, I'm just getting emails about stuff. But, like, I think this is, you know, how Roman Reigns wrestles eight times a year. MJF wrestled last year, I think, like six times. So it's got to put everybody in their place. Because if, you know, if I'm MJF, I would be at Creative Pro from now until March 1st, just in the ring, getting reps with people. You have some of the best trainers there in Brian Myers and Pat Buck. I know Alex Reynolds is a trainer there. Uh, just sitting there and goes, okay, let's pick five, six students, wrestle me for 10 minutes, get out, next person goes in, and just keep doing that for the next two months to get, because cardio is one thing. <laughs> what? Um, actually, you know, uh, Tommy Dreamer was talking about that on Busted Open oh. today, which I thought was a great point. <laughs> um, but that could be, but the, like, like February, after Brian Danielson's wins, you could do like a vignette of MJF in a creative pro ring with all these, you know, with all these kids, you know, wrestling. He's like, you know, saying something like, oh, yeah, you think I'm not ready for you, Brian Danielson? Look look at the work that I'm putting in right now. You know, cardio, and I said this to Dave, too, cardio is one thing. Ring ring rust and ring ability is a different thing. And, like, this goes, like, you know, because I have performed in bands for, for years. And I can have the best cardio in the world. You know, I've run half marathons, but it's different from being like on a stage and jumping around like a maniac than it is to run on a treadmill. So I'm excited for this. This match is going to be awesome. I think MJF is going to prove a lot of people wrong. And I think they had as as much as I didn't like the length of the segment, I thought the back and forth between the two of them was fantastic. Yeah, I just like, really the only like it could have been shorter, and I I could have done without the the your mom jokes from both of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I, again, I was just really looking forward to an actual match with Tony Nese and Brian Danielson because we saw them tag one time, so I thought that was pretty cool. We did. We watched it uh, live. Yeah. But uh, after that, we saw Swerve pick up the victory over Ar Fox. 
Um, <laughs> I like the the spot where AR Fox flipped off the apron and Swerve flipped over the ropes to to go face to face with him on the ramp. I liked it. I liked similar. It a lot. I think I... we saw that in. Uh, I, I think we saw that in NXT one time. Maybe mm-hmm. with Ricochet. Ma- yeah, where he no, it was with uh, Velveteen Dream. Remember, where he like jumped over the ropes and did a front flip and landed right in front of uh, okay. Velveteen Dream. Was it was it um, Swerve in that spot or Ricochet? No, it was Ricochet. Right. Okay. But I liked, and I meant to rewatch this match to write down all the different names that they gave for uh, Parker Boudreaux Peter and Man uh, Jones. Yeah, and then like uh, tattoo face henchman guy. I'm sorry, but was... that's what I like. We know Parker's name. They still haven't given us a name. I'm going with Painted Man Jones, if I remember. Coined by Taz. <laughs> Painted Man Jones, love it. But Parker it. passed something to Swerve while Painted Man Jones distracted the referee. <laughs> Man Jones. And Swerve hit that, that DVD off the, the middle rope on yeah. the, uh, onto the apron. Yep. Swerve picks up the victory. We had... A, uh, a segment that we definitely did not need, <laughs> which was really, really awful. FTRIP. Yeah. The guns eulogized FTR, and then FTR's music hit, and I feel like they didn't get as big as a pop as I would have expected. I thought the crowd was really hot, especially. I thought it was. I was hoping for a bigger. Yeah, well, the crowd they chanted for Aubrey four times in one match, but. um, Yeah, because that's her hometown. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why uh, Tony Nese posted that thing with, uh, or our fan posted it, and Tony Nese retweeted it about the conspiracy when she hugged Daniel Bryan. Yes. And then now she's the referee for Bryan Danielson. Yes. Conspiracy. But yeah, so they eulogized the guns, and obviously uh, FTR are still in Japan. So, although they could have made it back, uh, Japan. I don't think that would have been very. No, very Japan tight. to Seattle is not as long as New York to Japan. But still, it's it's That's still. A, a I think it's a like a 12, and getting through customs, nine hour and all flight, maybe twelve hour. Uh, but still, like you, I think they definitely could have made it back. I, I think. I don't. Th- I think you're wrong. But, but I, I don't know. I think they definitely could have made it back. But I, I'm. I don't need them to be there. I need Ouch. them to be on WWE. <laughs> of course you do, Mark. After uh, that, we saw, I think, a terrible match. All right, so we really don't have to talk about Jade it Jade Cargill and Red, Red Velvet, Velvet teamed up, picked up the victory over Sky Blue and Kiara Hogan, and Red Velvet clearly doesn't want to be there, but now it's like... I mean, to me, it looks like Sky Blue and Kiara Hogan look bad in this situation. Well, Because was, Velvet drops to be out of the strong. match... And she, Jade took them both out basically by herself now. Like she should be doing now. She should be having two on one matches. She's a beast. So that's enough about that. And we have a new TNT champion in Darby Allen. It doesn't make, like, I don't understand. Like, they've been doing a really good thing here. With Samoa Joe, the king of all television, coming out with all these titles, this, that, and the other thing. And then be, just because Darby Allen's in his hometown of Seattle, you have to give him the title back? And he's got to hug Nick Wayne, who's sitting in the front row. They make him look more like a mark than they do a professional wrestler. That's how like, the... Uh, I don't know, man. That's how the match started. Joe was putting his hands on Nick Wayne, and Darby dove onto him to stop him. But And then he attacked Joe with the skateboard, and they go up to the stage... Darby jumps off a ladder run and then that. starts limping. Yeah, like even like a ladder dive in like the beginning of the match. Before like, the match on. even starts and he starts limping. And Joe continued for the match, beating the absolute hell out of Darby, working on his injured knee. 
chokes him out at one point. He's out. He's dead. He's gone. And then starts hulking up and then hits a bunch of coffin drops. I think that's so goddamn goofy. And yeah, I don't think we you. needed this match again. We literally saw it less than a month ago. Yes, I know. But so it's like, stupid. Like, you're giving him the rub in his hometown. I understand. You could have put him in a different match. Like, it kind of ruins whatever everything Samoa Joe's been doing. And he's been doing it very well. Now... It's just maybe we'll see Joe fade to obscurity with the Ring of Honor until the next Ring of Honor show. And we see Sting celebrate with Darby. Maybe that's why they put the title on him so they could uh, be featured in Japan. Yeah, they are. As champion. uh, Yeah, probably bring that title over. But now I need for Sting to turn on Darby and and win the TNT championship. No, I don't need that. Sorry. 100% I'd be more for Sting being whatever age he is right now being the TNT champion than I am for Darby Allen being the TNT champion. I thought it was an absolutely terrible ending to Dynamite. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it either. And I also, I wish they would stop on commentary saying that Tony Khan informed us we're able to go over if we need to. Because every time they do, it's a a minute after or so. And it was literally, the match ends and they're still going, going, going. And the only reason why they went over was so Excalibur can read copy. He did, I think it was right before this match, he did, like, all that whole rundown of one ginormous breath. It was really impressive. I don't know if you were paying attention to that. You're probably like, oh, God. No, I try to tune Excalibur out. Of course you do. Because it's like, sing a Darby Allen, sing a Darby Allen, sing a Darby Allen, sing a Darby Allen, next week, next week. I thought, it was, I thought it was impressive. I don't think you could read all that copy in one breath. I think I could try. All right, well, let's say. So so next week here, if, if Excalibur has another one of those long rants like he did this week, I'm going to copy it down word for word, and then I want to hear you do it in one breath on the show. Deal? You, you down for it? I'll try it, sure. All right, perfect. All right, and on that note, that's it. AEW is over. Let's talk about my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week was the AEW World Tag Team Championship match between the Acclaimed and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I thought the match was great. I liked the spots. The dusty finish at the end was awesome. Uh, So go check that out on AEW. Brandon, who are you shouting out? I am Grover, and you're listening to Brandon's Shoutouts. The first shout-out goes to Fred White, who passed away at the age of 67. See, everyone's dying. Yeah, Fred White, uh, the drummer, or the original drummer for Earth, Wind, and Fire, and played a bunch on uh, a bunch of their famous tracks. But he was only with the band for 10 years, left a big impact. I never saw him. He was He was gone by that time, so... It's unfortunate, but uh, go listen to some Earth, Wind, and Fire. They're the best. Uh, next, better than Taylor Swift? Uh, no, but it's I can't compare. That's apples and oranges. Ah, using my own phrase against it's me. just completely different. Yeah, I wouldn't say Taylor Swift is better or worse than an artist because I enjoy a lot of artists. But my next shout out goes to the show Southside. The whole third season's out on HBO Max. And this is a show that used to be on Comedy Central. And for season two, I could swear they canceled it. And then for season two, it moved to HBO Max. And I thought it was going to be canceled after season two. And then they did a third season. And I'm happy that it's back because I think it's a fun show. It's created by... Bashir Salahuddin and Diallo Riddle, who both used to write for Fallon. 
and they both have roles on the show. So that's how, really, that's how I spent my New Year's Eve. I watched well, this I'm... whole <laughs> third season. I think, I don't know if it was 10 episodes or eight episodes, but uh, yeah, I hope they come back for a fourth season. And then the last shout outs going to Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is a show on Disney Plus, which I gave a shout out to the first season back in 2020. Um, it's like a National Ge- Geographic show. It takes us behind the scenes at Disney World. I know they did Epcot. They've done Animal Kingdom, obviously. I think Animal Kingdom Lodge last season. I don't know if they have this season. I haven't uh, caught up. But um, it's just how they deal with all the animals. So I think it's pretty cool if you like a National Geographic documentary series and you're a fan of Disney, I would say definitely check that out because it's very enjoyable. But, oh, and a bird. And a bird, yeah. (laughs) Those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for our... Our... is right our mark out moment of the week something that we did not speak about throughout the show uh i know you said the wrestling year maybe begins on january 4th we saw shinsuke nakamura pick up yeah. the, the victory over great muda in i in... think we need a i think we need a, a marking out shirt that says marking out picking up the victory since 2011 <laughs> that's funny yeah, right. It, it works too. But uh, but yeah, I think Nakamura's entrance for that match was fantastic because yeah, Lee England had... Jr. was with him. They had a drummer too. I thought that was super cool. And then Muda uh, Nakamura using the mist to to win. I thought was not awesome. even just using the mist, sucking the mist out of Muda's mouth by yeah. kissing him. Yeah, uh, and then Muda making some disparaging remarks that are not yeah, which is acceptable for twenty twenty three. Um, yeah, so that was awesome. Yeah, I marked out for that huge. I marked out for Maki Aido now being a member of the uh, MDK gang. If you watched any of those, I did GCW. see her with the uh, the pizza cutter. I sent it to you. She and it, it, she had a great mask at Alley Catch and used the uh, used the pizza cutter on her. <laughs> and I just thought the interaction between her and Nick Gage was outstanding. Um, so I wasn't really a fan of Madman Pondo taking out a knife though on Matt Dreamont, but. All right, listen, to each their own when it comes to certain matters of deathmatch wrestling. Um, I marked out there's a picture that's going around the internet. I guess it happened on AEW Dark. Uh, Dan Housen was outside oh of the God. ring <laughs> in, in the uh, fat Homer outfit. Yeah. If you remember the episode of The Simpsons where Homer he had to uh, work, gained uh, 80, 80 pounds to uh, go on disability. He didn't want to look like a weirdo, so he got a moo-moo. Uh, Dan Housen wore that out to the ring, so I can't wait to see that if it's going to be on Dark or Elevation or, uh, you know. They have to cut it for, uh, you know, legal reasons that he's wearing that out. But I thought it was hilarious. And it got it went around the uh, major wrestling figure podcast Patreon group. And I said, this better be part of his supreme figure. <laughs> so I marked out for that. Marked out for Maki Aido. <laughs> he was so good. And I think GCW has some events this weekend, too. I think in Chicago. So be watching that. What else? Any mark, other markouts, Brandon? That's all I had. 
All right, awesome. So that's uh, the first episode of 2023. Marking out 200, 620, man, 200, 622. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. You can go to Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Podcasts. Don't go to Apple Music because they stink. Go to marketout.com. Marketout.com, yeah. Email us, marketout1 at gmail.com. Social media-wise, facebook.com slash marketout, twitter.com slash marketout, YouTube and Instagram.com slash marketout11. We're on TikTok at marketout as well. Uh, you can buy our merchandise, prowrestlingtees.com slash marketout. There's another New Year's sale, so you save 20%. Goes till Monday. Goes till Monday. I have to buy some shirts this weekend. I was looking. I don't know. It was nothing that really, like, I really, really wanted. All of um, the new Sasha Banks shirts are awful. I, I, well, listen, no she likes them. Yeah. She well, likes them. That's all that matters. There, there's one design that I like better, but then it has, like, a weird catchphrase. That, it, it, it's a it's a knockoff of Sailor Moon, but it's like in the word in the whatever the words of money or whatever something I will charge you or something. I, it's, it's so goofy. So yeah, so shirtsprowrestlingtees.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Sweendog, Dave on Twitter at David PT DPT, and Brandon on every social media platform at BTTG161. Until next week, we wish you the. Me. Best of luck of luck in, in your future, your future endeavors. Have a fantastic week. It's like the like, dying wolf. <laughs>